The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. When you got a love and it's good like it should be Makes you never want to give it up Cause you know that some people die for love And I believe it's true cause I do the same for you Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. Streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders' powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, we're talking more deeply about what is love and how is it that we fight for love and what does it mean to fight for love and i'm so thrilled that we have leonard simchuk who is my co-author with me on our new book called fighting for love turn conflict into intimacy a couple's guide and leonard and i talked previously about really what is does it mean to fight for love, to, to fight against everything in us that keeps us from getting the love that we want? But let me, if you didn't get to hear my interview with Leonard before, and he's been on the show before because he's an author of several books, but if you didn't hear, let me tell you a little bit about him because he is just a wonderful man, a brilliant writer, a fantastic counselor, and just really uh, a great mentor and friend of mine. Leonard Simchuk, MSW, LCSW, is an author, speaker, psychotherapist, and life coach. And for the past 40 years, he has worked in both Australia and America as a counselor and educator. He was director of the Marriage and Family Center in Sydney, Australia, and later he worked with family, the Family Institute at Northwestern in Chicago. He is an Amazon best-selling author of The Roadmap Home, Your GPS to Inner Peace. And he writes, consoles clients, he consoles his clients and conducts seminars on writing and personal spiritual growth. And he's the proud father of two adult children and he lives in Dana Point. You can find out more about him at conflicthealing.com where you'll see his picture, his bio, cover a picture of his book, and also a link to his URL, which is roadmaphome.com. So thank you again for joining us, Leonard. It's really wonderful to have you right here in the studio. Oh, it's it's, it's a treat to be with you, Mari. It's, it's been a real treat working on this book, collaborating with you. It's like uh, you are my mentor and my teacher as well. Yeah, so this has been a, a real fun opportunity for us to grow from each other. So tell us, how is conflict a gift and how is it not a gift? 
Well, you know, as you know, we thought the title of our book would originally be The Gift of Conflict. But individuals said, well, you know, there is no gift in conflict. I don't want to open up a present and find conflict. But conflict really is a gift in many different ways, as we've talked about, Mari. The, the conflict forces us to find out different parts of ourselves. It brings awareness into our life. It forces us to stretch our relationship muscles. Think of it this way. Whenever we go to the gym, we exercise. If I'm swimming, I am having a lot of conflict with that water, but it's helping me strengthen my muscles. We talk about in nature, the ocean crashing against the, the rocks creates sand. The um, butterfly, the caterpillar must go into a cocoon and have conflict to break out of the cocoon. And if it didn't have the conflict, it would be stunted. So conflict is just a necessary element of life. I think the difficulty about uh, conflict not being a gift is that we think there should be no conflict. And I don't particularly like conflict. A lot of people don't like conflict. It's not always fun, for it's, sure. No, it, because it just raises a lot of intense emotions. And most of us have been taught to be nice, act nice, don't get angry, don't get mad, don't get sad. And so when we have conflict, well, intense emotions do rise to the surface. It doesn't have to be difficult or painful if we address them early and easily. It's when I suppress them and keep them buried that then they become very difficult because there's a great intensity. Right. And, you know, when you were talking about all the changes in nature and all the conflict in nature, it really is about change. And that's one thing that is a truism about life. It is change. You know, we grow older, we get wrinkles, <laughs> all these things. I mean, we cannot stop change. Change just happens. And it's not easy to change and to struggle. And so conflict and change really are kind of interchangeable, that without conflict there is no change. And so that's, that's just the way it is. It is a, a a fact of life that there will be conflict then we go back to that whole issue of is it an opportunity for growth or is it something that's going to turn really nasty so we always are at that crux that choice that we have right that's true i always think of of when my children were growing up they're adult children now but in each developmental stage i always felt i knew the next developmental stage was going to occur when i just got comfortable I right. finally learned how to manage a two-year-old, and all of a sudden they move into the next stage. Right. I just, just I learned how to manage a ten-year-old, <laughs> then they move into the teenage stage, and that always was a precursor for me. When I get too comfortable, it means the next developmental stage is going to occur, and I have to start learning all over again. As you say, it is change, but it keeps us growing and alive and stimulated. All the research on Alzheimer's shows that we do need to stimulate. We do need to stimulate our brain uh, with puzzles, and we need to have some kind of yeah, small those little struggles. Of conflict. Yeah, yes. those mm -hmm. struggles really help us to to maintain. Yeah. Well, you, you were going to ask me about yes, love. I was because <laughs> if we talk about conflict. And we're talking about fighting for love. Uh, share with the audience, what is love? Tell us, what does it mean? Well, this is a great question. I actually put that question out on Facebook to all my friends and got all sorts of different answers. But, you know, if we think about love, it's really a chemical reaction in our brain, too. And it's a, it's a warm feeling in our heart. 
And um, I, I love this thing by Corinthians, which is uh, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. That's one thing about love. And then I, I found the, the different states of love, the, the Greek states of love. We've got storage, which says it's a natural affection, the love you share with your family. Then there's philia, which is the love that you have for friends. Eros, which is that sexual and erotic desire love, okay? And then you've got agape, which is that unconditional love or divine love that we have for God. Ludus, which is the playful love, like little children that, that love or they're even childish flirting. And then you've got pragma, which is long-standing love, and that's the love in a long-time married couple that they just are, so they become one, they're, they're unified, they're soulmates. And then we've got philousia, which is the love of self, which can be uh, a, a wonderful thing that we always need to really love ourselves. If we hate ourselves, it's going to be very hard for us to love someone else. So we really need all those forms of love. And conflict occurs in all those forms of love. And But as we connect at a deep level with someone and, and kind of push away, not push away, but recognize the ego and, and kind of get to that higher self where we question how we're feeling or we question what's going on within ourselves, then we can connect on those bridges that we can build between lovers. Yeah, and I think just to add a little bit further to what you're saying, Mari, Often, if I feel unloved, I tend to think I'm unloved because of something that my partner is not giving to me or not satisfying for me. And then conflict ar arises that maybe I can try and control my partner or try to get my partner to change or do something differently so that I can feel loved. So often, conflict occurs when I'm feeling unloved. I'm not feeling loved and satisfied. Uh, isn't, uh, Mari, if you feel loved, you probably don't feel the need to have conflict or to, to get into some kind of a hassle. Would that be yeah, right? Yeah, I, I think that's true in, in many ways, that when you're feeling pretty good about yourself, that yeah. you can let a lot of things go, right? I mean, somebody will do something that's annoying and you just think, okay, I'm, uh, that's their issue, right? But if you, it's, I think it's harder in a real close relationship when you want something or if you want a partner to come with you somewhere and, and that partner doesn't want to go, then it kind of goes to your core. But if you're feeling really good about yourself, I think it's easier to let go of other things. But, you know, we're human beings and we can't always feel that perfect love for ourselves unless we're someone like Mother Teresa or, or the Dalai Lama or somebody like that. I think, it, I think we are just human beings, right? Uh, it's true, and I think it's easy for us to to get hooked and triggered, you know, where we get uh, triggered by the, um, we get triggered when we don't feel loved and somehow uh, we experience some kind of, uh, oh, hurt or some action by a partner that really gets us to feel uh, out of love. Right, right, and it, it's kind of a mindful issue isn't it because when we stop and really think okay my partner is mad at me or my partner is blaming me we start to kind of question ourselves don't we and so that I, I think that's the challenge is when someone you really really love rejects you 
or someone you really, really love uh, blames you or criticizes you or judges you in a way, it, it really does put an impact on our self-concept. And I know that's, that's, some, that's really your territory in dealing with people with you know, self-confidence. And so how, how do you build that up in people? How do you help them? Yeah, you know, where self-confidence uh, comes from just having confidence in my ability. The self-esteem and self-confidence, often confidence is, is based upon learning a skill. So in couples, learning communication skills, we talk about a lot of communication skills in our book, how, we, how couples can communicate better, how I can communicate in business or whatever. As I feel better in my communication skills, I can increase my confidence. Oh, I feel more confident about being able to handle with conflict. Yes. Oh, it's not going to be overpowering. It's not going to be a disaster. Oh, I'm just feeling angry and I'm having some disturbance or some distress. And I'm just going to deal with it more openly. Says, you know, Mari, I'm upset by uh, some of the things you've just told me. And I need to talk to you about this. Then we yeah. can just begin to um, walk through this process and develop a greater understanding of each other. Right, and we talk in the book a lot about how we, it's not what we say, but how we say it, too. So if I use a you, like, you did this wrong, or you didn't call me, and I start to blame What are you talking you. about? Yeah. It's you, not, not me, it's you. Right, exactly. When we do any kind of, when we use you with a negative statement, it's already going to escalate the conflict. So that's... That's an easy thing to remember. Now, if you use you with something positive, it builds a bridge. So You're an I, amazing speaker. Right. <laughs> You're an amazing author. Okay, so that builds a connection between us. So when we use you with something positive, it's, it's building bridges. And when you use you with something negative about the person, it tears down relationships and tears down those bridges and destroys all of the, the good feelings. So, you know, we talk about speaking with the I, but we can't say, I think you're an idiot. I mean, we don't, <laughs> not that kind of message. But just like, I'm, it's helpful to speak from where we're feeling. Like, I'm feeling lonely or I'm feeling kind of, you know, neglected when you're not around and I'm, I'm feeling that um, it would be really helpful to spend more time, quality time together. And how can we do that? Engage the party in, you know, some kind of building. Yeah, that, that's a very important point, Mari, because using the I statements is really bringing it back to what's really going on within me. Right. Uh, the you means I'm going to focus on you, and then really when I focus on you, it comes across more as an attack or a blame or criticism. Right. right. Whereas it says, you know, right now I'm feeling tension in my body. I'm feeling my shoulders getting tight. I'm feeling my stomach really feeling queasy. I'm feeling anxious uh, about speaking with you. I'm, I'm nervous. That really helps me center myself. And uh, the other person is more prone to listen to you when you, you're owning what's really going on with yourself. Right. Uh, something that I always tell my clients to say, which if they're not happy with the proposal that the other person makes, I tell them to say, you know, I'm really not comfortable with that. This, you know, and then talk about the parts that you're not comfortable with and the parts that you could accept. 
I'm not comfortable. Because how can you yell at somebody if they say I'm not comfortable? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's and a great so, point. You know, so that's an easy thing to do is just, I'm not really comfortable with that. What can we do differently? Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. So, um, you know, when there, when, when a conflict arises, we were going to talk a little bit about how do you, what do you do when a conflict arises between you and a friend or, or you and Ingrid? What, what, what are the things that you do so that it doesn't escalate? Because we've worked on being really mindful and conscious ourselves of we're trying to walk our talk, right? I mean, we we talk about this every week when we meet. Okay, so what are we doing? What are the steps that we're taking that we could share with others? You know, I think that it's important to be patient on this process because I fall down. Everybody does. Periodically. Yes. And that although, you know, Mari, you and I have been working working our talk and and have a good understanding about how to communicate and resolve conflict, that sometimes I get triggered. And uh, uh, and then when I get triggered, my defense mechanism, this is, this is biological, because if all of us feel, this goes back to being a reptile or just being... A reptilian brain, y- right. Yeah, we get triggered, and our immediate reaction is to fight back, to defend ourselves, to protect ourselves, to protect to our organism. Yes. Yeah, fight or, or flee, right? Fi- fight or flee. And I think the that the brain wants to to move into that particular arena. So the first step is just to become aware, wow, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling hurt, I'm upset, and then to recognize that, that there is a part of me that's uncomfortable, that's distressed. And once I recognize that feeling, then I can uh, put that feeling out there. So I can say, you know, right now I'm feeling upset, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling distressed, and I'm, I would like to talk to you about this. So you're really kind of finding a time where you can um, create a safe space. Here's the, the thing is, uh, I always think in working with couples, there's a range of from one to 10. 10 is really high intensity stress, and zero one is no stress at all. Once you get past a seven, uh, the goal of, of a relationship, if you're into conflict, is to reduce it back down to like a three to a six. So if a couple is screaming at each other at a 10, they're not going to resolve conflict. No. You do that as well. I, I always chuckle because Mari uses a bell. <laughs> and so <laughs> My little Asian bell to stop everybody right then. That's the rule. You'd stop. Now, I've had situations with couples where I've had to actually get up out yes. of my chair and stand between a couple yes. because they're so locked into their conflict, they're, they're in trance. Yes. So when we're in a trance of this intense conflict, we just want to hurt the other person because we're hurting so much. Right. So the first step is to break the trance. To stop the dance of of really hurting each other, so that ah, and to calm the brain down. So the next step is just to calm me, to calm down to a sp- state where I can then be able to speak more calmly and openly about what's really going on with me. Yeah, yeah. To go from your reptilian brain to your mammalian brain, you know, and get there, and 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 there's that that tipping point that you talk about you know when I'm in mediation and I see it start to escalate I immediately stop it before it even gets to five okay let's stop and if I see it's gonna get worse then it's like do something different get a cup of coffee go to the bathroom whatever it is you need to stop yourself because it's easy to do but I'm like you you know I also I get my buttons pushed you know we're human beings Mm -hmm. so you know for me 
I sometimes won't say anything to that person at that time. Sometimes it's not a good idea. They, there's that, that saying, speak when you're angry, and you'll say the best speech you ever regret. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I, I always, that jumps into my mind because I don't want to be very articulate when I'm angry because it won't be very nice, and I don't want to say it. That's a very it. good point because uh, the, old, the old saying, another old saying is, irritation unexpressed leads to anger. Yes. Anger unexpressed leads to rage. Yes. Rage unexpressed leads to prison. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, if you if I'm irritated, it's best to say, hey, I'm irritated, I'd like to talk this yeah. over. If I wait until I'm rageful, well, then the emotions are going to get so intense that uh, it's almost um, unmanageable. Right. So, yeah. So just stop yourself. doesn't mean that you're going to bury it and you're not mm-hmm. going to deal with it. It's just that you need to say something like, um, you know, this is... I can see that this is a, a hot time for both of us. We're both upset about it. Let's take a break and let's decide. Let's take a time to think it through and be calm about it and then make a time to meet and talk about it when we feel better. Mm-hmm. You know. Or um, one thing I'll do is if I see that there's an issue that we're talking about that's a hot button in mediation, I'll say, you know what? Let's put. Th- I'm going to write this down in red. We're going to come back to it. But let's go through the rest of it. Like, let's say we've had a custodial agreement and there's one hot button in there that they don't like, okay, uh, that they're fighting about. So I'll say, okay, let's just put this over here and let's go do the rest of it. So then we go through the rest of it and it goes, it's like a, a snowball. You know, if it's in motion, it gets better. Then when we come back to that other one, it's not as hard to resolve. So put it aside and come back to it. When you when you've been able to collaborate on other issues, but um, you know you were talking about what you do. I I there's a we talk about in our book that there are three questions to ask too, and and it's similar to what you were talking about. I ask myself, you know, like I have this uh, conflict with a with a vendor that I've known for many many years that I felt. Um, that I was being taken advantage of. So I had to stop and say to myself, okay, what am I feeling? Well, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling resentful. I'm feeling maybe mad at myself that I let it go on because I was too nice, you know? So I have to, you know, the, the, the key is to really look within each time. Because if you look outside of yourself and you blame, you never grow. So I don't want this to happen again. So I have to question myself, what am I doing that has brought that into my life so that I don't have to bring that into myself again? So first I said, what am I feeling, which we talk about in our book, and then... Well, I was going to say, too, I mean, what it does, what you're doing is you're really taking a look within so that you could actually make some changes within yourself. And that is empowerment, because empowerment is, is I have the power to change myself. I get disempowered when I try to change somebody else right. because it's impossible. Yeah, but I can change myself, and that is really the art of empowerment and self mastery. Can I be the master of myself in resolving conflicts? So, like with this vendor, you're able to say, "Hmm, I, I'm disturbed. There's something distressing yes. about it." Yeah. You're pausing and gaining and some insight as to what you need to do to alter the situation. Yes, yes. And and what I notice, and you and I have talked about this many times, is that it takes two to tango with a, with a conflict. So if I engage, the other person will likely, it's contagious, they'll engage. 
But if I don't engage in the conflict and I take a different approach and I shift my own thinking about it, then it dissipates. It dissipates. I, that doesn't mean that I let it go, which I may. I may just say I'm not going to work with you anymore. This isn't working for either one of us, and that's easy. But in a relationship that I really want to retain, I'm going to have to go to the next step and say to myself, okay, why am I at reacting so strongly? What, what maybe does this remind me of in the past that was a pattern that I do? Okay, so then I questioned that. Okay, um, maybe I am too trusting or something. Those are the questions that I've been asking. And then finally, what do I really want? Well, I want peace. I want peace. And I, I really don't need to have this vendor anymore. I can have another vendor, and that's what I'll do. So the, for me, the best way is to just let it go and, you know, end things in a peaceful way and move on. To what I know and then be mindful that the next time something comes up about an issue that that came up where I felt I was being taken advantage of I need to really be mindful to look what's going on every month you know look at the bills every month that was you know that was my fault for allowing things and trusting it without really looking at something so I don't blame anybody but myself but I am learning, like you said, I'm changing. I'm, I'm looking within what has caused this conflict, what part of it is me. It doesn't matter what part of it is this other person. That's their issue, right? Yeah, you know, I think uh, the, the area that really uh, strikes with me as I'm hearing you speak, Mari, is the area of need because you became clear, this is what I'm needing. And I found in working with couples and even in my own life, sometimes it's really hard to know what, I, what it is that I need because we tend to just kind of go on with life. And then when a need is not met, that creates disturbance. So sometimes I need appreciation. Sometimes I need to be acknowledged. Sometimes I just need to um, have a service um, provided at a low cost. Sometimes I need uh, attention, whatever it is. And if that need isn't met, often we have strategies to try to get those needs met. And often those strategies, we don't even, we're not even aware of them. Some right. of them may be manipulative or whatever, or maybe I'll just go along. Or they're a pattern. They're that, a pattern, yeah, you yes. You just keep doing something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, we've talked about this before, too, is that if you keep doing the same thing over and over and you get the same result, that's insanity. That's so, right. So, you know, that's the problem is that we see, you know, sometimes I'll do a divorce and mediation and the person has already been divorced three or four times. And then now they're coming again for divorce and they're coming to mediation because they want to save money. They've, you know, <laughs> spent so much on their litigation before. But they don't seem to recognize and hopefully in the process they start to recognize what is it that I am doing that's bringing this into my life and I think that's the higher consciousness that's the 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 real growth opportunity when we know that we are in charge of our own lives to some mm -hmm. extent right. right yeah so once you go through those three steps again so they're really kind okay. of clear yeah so we have the three steps that we talk about and one of them is basically when something you know your your buttons get pushed yeah, or something is triggered yes, yeah something mm -hmm. you get upset about or you get triggered and you think oh you know you may be having a great day and all of something triggers it then you need to before you say anything to the other party just say what am i feeling 
So that's number one. What am I feeling? And then number two is why am I acting, reacting so strongly? What is this trigger? Okay. Why am I reacting so strongly? Is it something really, maybe it's about something that happened many years ago that's triggering you and it's just kind of like pulling the past to the present. And then what do I really want? What do I really want? And once you know what you really want, then you can have a strategy of how you're going to get it. If you, if you want to stay in that relationship, then you're going to need to plan some what we call the solutioneering. If, you, if it's not a relationship that you need, you can just say, you know, I really don't need this. Let's end it peacefully. So you, can't, you have choices. People have choices. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in conflict, people just want to complain. So they says, I just want to complain. Okay, so they may need to vent, but it's much healthier to say, you know, I just need to vent for a bit. Can you just listen to me vent? Right. Then the other person, oh, okay, I can give you some time to vent. Right. Uh, and, and if I say, well, I want to resolve this issue, um, then we can do it. Well, this is a perfect way to end. Leonard, you are fantastic. It's wonderful to Always have you again. Always a pleasure being we're with gonna, you, Mari. We're going to have you back again. So thank you so much. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 for Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Collaboration. And visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. Some people die for I believe it's true because I do the same for you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.